Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, January the 11th, 2004, and we are in uh, Deer Park uh, Monastery during our winter retreat. In the morning, we have one hour of uh, sitting and chanting. That is not a lot. But uh, before the sitting, we have the walking. Walking from your place, from your hamlet, to the meditation hall. And uh, after the chanting, you can uh, do walking meditation back to your hamlet. It is recommended that uh, the bell announcing sitting meditation should be invited half an hour before. Suppose we sit uh, at six in the morning, and then the bell should be invited at five thirty. As around. And when you hear that bell, you know that meditation begins at that moment. You don't need to arrive at the meditation hall in order to begin meditation. Whatever you are doing at that moment, stop and begin right away uh, to go to the direction of the meditation hall. Half an hour is plenty for you to enjoy walking from your hamlet to the meditation hall. You have the luxury of having 30 minutes to walk from your place to the meditation hall. And you can place your feet in the pure land. Every step you make should be in the pure land, not out of the pure land. And the path leading to the meditation hall is the pure land path. If you arrive at uh, a quarter to six, and then you have a chance to begin sitting meditation right away before the bell start. You come to the meditation hall, you make a bow, and with every step in mindfulness, you go to your cushion, you bow, and you sit down. You don't wait for anyone, you just sit down and enjoy your breathing in and out. Don't wait, you don't have to wait for anyone or the time when the bell will, uh, will be invited. According to the monastic regulation, you have to be in a meditation at the latest five minutes before the bell started. 
at six o'clock, when the bell is supposed to be invited, the door of the meditation hall will be closed. You have no right to go into the meditation hall. You have to sit outside. You have to do walking meditation outside. That is the tradition. So the latest you can arrive at the meditation hall is five minutes before uh, the bell starts to ring. And the chant for invitation meditation will begin. And this applies to the sitting in the morning and the sitting in the evening. So my recommendation is that uh, when you hear the bell announcing sitting meditation, uh, you start right away with the walking. Give you plenty of time to enjoy walking at the pure land. And the path of walking should be an extension of the meditation hall. And I expect all of you to, uh, to make peaceful, happy, solid steps. No talking is allowed. You can walk in groups of three or four or five or ten or twenty, but everyone is walking in pure land. And your steps should uh, uh, radiate uh, peace and joy and solidity and freedom. And during that time of walking, no car is allowed to circulate. Because the path is part of the meditation hall. No car can be used during that time when the bell has been invited. They always arrive 10, 10, 15 minutes before uh, the time of uh, uh, inviting the bell. And he enjoys sitting before the official time of 6 o'clock in the morning. During the time of walking, there's no talking, not even thinking. No thinking is allowed. <laughs> if you think you are not in the pure land, you have to touch, touch the pure land deeply and enjoy everything. And you know that the path in the morning is very fragrant, very fresh, very pure. And you have to get in touch and to allow the freshness um, and the purity to penetrate into your body for your healing. And that is why it is uh, absolutely necessary that Nukha uh, is using that path during the time of walking from your hamlet to the meditation hall. If it happens that there is a car uh, going down or going up, you have to stop. 
stop him or stop her. That may be someone who does not know the regulation of the monastery. If it happens that uh, that uh, something has happened to your leg and you cannot walk, and you want it to be in a meditation hall, and then someone should bring you uh, to the meditation hall with a car before the bell announcing the sitting time is invited. And if that person wants to go back to the hamlet, let she let, let he wait uh, one half an hour later after everyone has come back already to his or her hamlet. <coughs> so there will be half an hour of walking before sitting and chanting, and a half an hour of walking after uh, sitting and chanting. So in the morning you have two hours of practice. And in the evening, in the evening, you have two hours of practice. That's not too bad. The minimum is four hours of practice of uh, sitting and chanting. In the morning, we have one hour of sitting and chanting from 6 to 7, right? 6.30 or 6? <coughs> because of the chanting. So before that, we have half an hour of walking. In the fifth, five thirty, right? Five thirty. And here we have another half an hour. It means uh, we might arrive at our hamlet at uh, at seven forty five, right? And it means uh, in the morning we, we can afford to have two hour, 15 minutes of practice, walking meditation and sitting meditation. Correct? And in the evening, we have sitting at eight. But the bell is invited at 7.30. So we have half an hour of walking. One hour 15 for sitting and chanting. And again, we have half an hour of, uh, of walking, 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 sitting, and chanting. We have another two hours 
15 minutes for walking and sitting and chanting. I'm not a very good mathematician. (laughs) (laughs) So please uh, see to it that the bell inviting announcing meditation should be invited at 5.30. And be sure that when you hear the bell, you are already in a meditation hall. Meditation hall begins here. And they expect that you enjoy every step. And he is very happy to see you walking with happiness and freedom and joy. When he sees a disciple walking without mindfulness, well, he does, he is not happy at all. He told himself that he is not a good teacher. And for those of you who are good in the practice, who are familiar with the practice, you should try to help those who are new to the practice. Every time you see a gentleman or a lady who does not enjoy the pure land, you have to intervene gently with a lot of uh, loving kindness and help him, him helping her to enjoy every step. You are a continuation of Thay. You are helping Thay. You make Thay feel better. Otherwise, Thay will say that he's not a good teacher. And when you arrive at the meditation hall, you might like to go in and to begin enjoy your in-breath and your out-breath. I have arrived. I'm home. I'm not waiting for anything, even the bell. If the practice is not pleasant, if you don't enjoy the practice of walking and sitting, that is not Blumlish practice. You don't sit, you don't walk for the future. The future does not exist. Only the present does. And that is why we should be happy, relaxed, solid, fresh during the practice of walking and sitting and chanting. That's for pleasure. The practice is for pleasure. It's not hard labor. You don't have to suffer because of practice. If you suffer because of practice, that is not what uh, you try to offer in Plumbless. This morning, I was talking with uh, Brother Fab Jung, the abbot of the Solidity Hamlet, and asking him to assure that no car is using the path during the the time of uh, walking down or walking up to the meditation.
if it happens that you arrive late when when medit- sitting meditation already started you have no right to go into the meditation now this is very strict in order to enforce that uh, discipline there should be a brother or a sister standing in the front with a sword Anyone trying to go into a meditation, his head should be cut off. <laughs> the sword is made of uh, wood. It's like this. It's called a hương bán. And uh, this brother can do walking meditation holding the sword like this. And everyone see him would not try, would not make an attempt to open the door. That's the sword of compassion. And our Dharma teacher and the assistants have uh, the duty to give orientation and to help those who just arrived to abide by by the regulations of uh, the monastery. A practice center is a place where we practice. And when you go together, uh, as uh, two persons or a group of two or three persons, each one of you uh, uh, practice on your own. This is not talking. And every step should be solid, should be in the pure land. That will be very helpful to other people. And the Dharma teachers have to assure that everyone practice in a practice center. If we don't practice in a practice center, and the center becomes the center of non-practice. A non-practice center. <laughs> when you practice well, when you walk beautifully, you inspire all of us. But if you forget to practice, you allow yourself to be carried away by your, by your habit energy, and then you don't contribute to the making of the pure land. You don't contribute to the building of the practice center. And that is why the best way to contribute to the building of the practice center is your, your way of being in the center, your way of walking, your way of sitting, 
you really need to say something, stop altogether and say it in mindfulness. And after you have finished saying that, resume your walking. Every step should has should have uh, um, the value of the practice. Every step should have, should generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and joy and peace. Peace is every step. Peace is at every step. Peace is in every step. And we have the conditions and opportunities to do that. It would be a pity if you don't if we don't do that. Our time is so precious. Some of us can only stay for a week. And if we don't know how to profit from our time, that would be a waste. Not only for us for us, but for other people as well. You may not you may you may not have contributed some money to the building of uh, the meditation hall. But if you come to the monastery and if you walk with solidity and freedom, you are making a real contribution. And we appreciate that contribution very much. We want our center is a real practice center for the profit of many people and from, for our own profit. That's not uh, too much to ask for Dharma teachers, from, from Dharma teachers. And every one of us is a Dharma teacher. If we have uh, our solid practice, we should help other people who are new to the practice and help them to enjoy the time being here. Sunday is the most difficult day of the week. Sunday we have to to take care of our friends who come in the morning. We have to ask them to park the car down there and don't use the car going up here. Unless the parking lot is full, we allow a number of cars to come up and to park in the upper, upper hamlet. But after having parked the car, well, they will not use it until uh, when they go home. And every one of us should, should help and not, uh, and not think that, well, that's the duty of uh, the care-taking council or the Dharma teachers. We really need your help. You are a member of the community. And you have to protect the center, to protect the practice, protect ourselves.
last week I received a reporter, and she asked me what will happen after we die. After this body disintegrates, what will happen? I think many people would like to know. To know about it, many people would like to read an article uh, about that subject. Many have written articles. Many have given talks concerning what will happen after we die. Passion is a kind of trap, and you can you can easily fall into the trap. You are tempted to give an answer. And I told her that uh, well, that question will be very easy to answer if you know how to answer another question. The other question is, what happens right here and right now to you? What do you become at this very moment? And if you can find an answer, well, that answer is for, for the other question also. What happens in the present moment? We presume that we know exactly what is happening in the present moment. What we don't know is what will happen after we die. But in the present moment, we know what exactly what happens. But in fact, we don't know. We don't know what is happening right in this moment. Because this moment is also a moment of dying, a moment of being reborn. And if we can answer this question, there will be no need to answer the other question because it's the same question, it is the same answer. It's nice, it's wonderful to still have the opportunity to ask the question now. We know that someday we will die. We will die because of all age, of uh, sickness, or by an accident, all age, sickness, or just by an accident. The best is to die because of all age. 
The second best is to die because of sickness. The third is to die because of an accident. You don't have the time to prepare. If you to die because of an accident, you don't have the time to prepare to die properly and in peace. So the inevitable fact is that one day we will die. But while sitting here, we know that we are still alive. And so it's a very good opportunity to ask the question, what are we doing now? What is happening to us in this very moment? Because most of us are spending, are wasting this moment. We don't know how to be alive, how to touch deeply the wonders of life that are available in the here and the now. There are many things we don't know. We don't know that we do not have a separate uh, entity, a separate self. We don't know that we are a continuation of our ancestors. We don't know that we have already been continued. We still believe that we are a self. We are caught in the idea of I am. So to be sitting or to be walking is an opportunity to be truly present in the here and the now and to begin to look deeply into the wonders of life. And we see that all our parents and ancestors, they are fully present in every cell of our body. We carry them in every cell of our body. And maybe they have been waiting for us. They want us to give them a chance to be fully present in the here and the now. Because our parents, our ancestors might have spent all their life Hurrying. They had never, they had, they had never had a moment when they can stop completely altogether and become fully present without any worries about the future, any regret about the past. Now, since we have the opportunity to encounter the Buddha Dharma, we know how to do it. To stop altogether and to become fully present in the here and the now. To become a free person. Maybe our ancestors have been waiting for that moment when they can feel free. They were working very hard, struggling all the time. Never had an opportunity to be free from their worries, their projects, their sorrow, their regret about the past. It's very wonderful if we allow them to have that moment. And if we know how to sit and become free, and then we free all our ancestors. This is a very wonderful thing to do. This is the greatest gift that you can make to your ancestors, to your parents. 
And that is not something difficult. This morning, before sitting, uh, I encourage you to open your eyes. Sitting and open your eyes, not close them, in order to see that the Sangha is surrounding you, is all around you, that those of us who are capable of sitting in the present moment, and to cherish the moment when we sit with the Sangha, that those of us can generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and joy, feeling that it's wonderful to have the opportunity to be sitting together as a family, as a group, as a Sangha. It happens that we are there, sitting with the Sangha. We can open ourselves. We can allow the collective energy of the Sangha to penetrate into our body, into our consciousness, and stop being an island cut off from the rest. Sitting with the Sangha, aware of other members of the Sangha, allow the Sangha to penetrate into you. That is what we can do. You don't have to take care of yourself all the time. You can allow the Sangha to embrace you, to penetrate into you, to transform you, to heal you. Trust in the Sangha, taking refuge in the Sangha is something you can do during sitting meditation also. You don't sit as an island. You are are on a boat. The Sangha is the boat that carries you. It's like a formation of birds. You are transported by the whole formation. You are not flying alone. And you get collective energy of the group. That is the meaning of Sanghang Saranang Gachami. I take refuge in the Sangha. There are many things you cannot do alone, while alone. But with the Sangha, it becomes something very easy to do, enjoyable to do, like walking and sitting and eating in silence, not thinking. With the Sangha, the practice becomes much, much easier. When you breathe in, allow the fresh air to come into your body. And you tell yourself, I have arrived. Finally, I have arrived. I have been running all my life. My ancestors, my parents have run all their life. Now I have uh, had the opportunity to encounter the Buddha Dharma. I learned to stop. I know 
that life is there available in the present moment. And if I keep running, I miss life. Therefore, I am determined to stop. And concretely, I tell myself, I have arrived. I don't have to run anymore. I don't allow the habit energy of running to take hold of me, to push me. I am free. I have arrived. I have arrived in the here and the now, where I can touch the wonders of life around me and inside of me. The reporter asked me, don't you believe in paradise, in the kingdom of God? She was still thinking about what happens after you die. And I said that, well, I don't believe in the kingdom of God in the pure land of Buddha as something in the future. That is an illusion. That is an, only an idea. But I do believe in the pure land and the kingdom of God in the here and the now. For me, it's not a question of belief because I'm living every moment in the kingdom, with the kingdom, and I touch the kingdom with my practice. To believe is different. You accept something as an idea, as a concept, but to practically touch it and leave it is no longer a question of belief. Why don't you have to believe anymore because you are living it? You know somehow that the wonders of life are there. You don't need any amount of intelligence in order to see that the wonders of life are always there. A blade of grass, the sound of a cricket, a cloud floating in the sky, the blue sky, the songs of the bird, the wonderful face of a child. All these are wonderful. If they don't belong to the kingdom of God, if they don't belong to the pure land of Buddha, and then what should they belong to? Our eyes is a wonder. Our tongue is a wonder. And the blood that circulates in our body is a wonder. Everything can be described as a wonder of life. And if you are able to establish yourself in the here and the now, you can get in touch with all these wonders of life that belong to the kingdom of God in the here and the now. Why do you have to ask the question whether the kingdom exists or not exists? It is a question of living it, of touching it. And you don't need to be a theologian, a philosopher, to feel that the kingdom is there available. The only problem is that we are not available to the kingdom because we are so busy 
I keep running and running and running. The children, they don't have to worry too much about the future. Don't they? They don't want to make projects. They don't want to dream about the future. It's not, not their nature. And they don't they they don't they don't uh, think too much about the past. They don't have much regrets concerning the past. They are they, they are more capable of being in the here and the now. We used to have to we we, we used to be children. We have gone through that uh, experience when we were able to touch the here and the now. But civilization is, um, life is organized in such a way that we, we lose more and more our capacity to, to dwell in the here and the now. We have to think too much about the future, our fear, our uncertainty, and so on. That is why we lose, our, we lose the present moment. We lose the paradise of our childhood. We lose the kingdom. We lose the pure land. And uh, our civilization, our society is organized in such a way that robs us of our kingdom, of our pure land. Not many of us are capable of living in the present moment and touching in depth the wonders of life that we know being there. So when you come to a practice center, you try to do, do otherwise. You want to reverse the situation. You don't want to go anymore, to run anymore. You don't want to follow the path of running to the future anymore. You try to resist. You want to be in the here and the now. That is why your mindful breathing your mindful walking help you to stop. We learn again how to touch the wonders of life. And we do it together. And with the support of each other, we can succeed more easily than if we practice alone. It's wonderful that we still have the capacity of creating a practice center, an island where we can take refuge and not allow ourselves to be carried all together by the speed, by the worries, by the uncertainty that many of us experience in our daily life. Last year, uh, in Germany, the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church came together for the first time and organized a cushion tech.
National Assembly of the Church. The Dalai Lama and Thay were invited by 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 uh, the organizers to give uh, to give a talk. They used to come to Germany every year because he had been uh, invited by by the church to always speak about. Um, about uh, a renewal of the church. Among the things that they used to say in these talks is that the church should provide us, should dispense us with uh, the teaching that can help us touch the kingdom of God in the here and the now. the teaching and the practice that can help us get in touch with the kingdom of God in the here and now. Because we have heard that the kingdom is at hand, the kingdom is available. But tell us, give us the teaching and the practice so that in our daily life we can touch the kingdom of God. If we are able to touch the kingdom of God with all the wonders, and then we don't have to run after what we believe to be the basic conditions of happiness, namely fame, power, profit, and sex. Many of us, the great majority of us, including the younger ones, are running in the direction of fame, power, profit, and sex as the path, as the direction of happiness. That is because we are not capable of touching the kingdom of God in the here and the now. If we are able to touch the kingdom of God in the here and the now, we don't feel the need of running after these things anymore. If we take time to look at Around us, we see that many people who have plenty of these four things, they suffer very deeply. They even committed suicide. Powerful people, wealthy people, people who have plenty of sex. Finally, they committed suicide. And we know that uh, happiness, true happiness can be sought, cannot be sought. in that direction. And that is why the antidote is the kingdom. You talk about the kingdom, but can you tell us how to get in touch? And are you practicing it as church leaders, as uh, uh, theologians, as uh, teachers? Do you experience the kingdom in your daily life? Are you happy as a Catholic, as a Protestant? as a Christian. If you are, and then you can profit from your life, from your practice. And if you are happy in the here and the now, live in the kingdom, and then we don't feel the need of running after these four things anymore. 
and every in every in every uh, speech, uh, I always repeated these uh, these things, and that request I always make not only to Christians but also to Buddhists, because there are Buddhists who are dreaming of the pure land in the future, who say that well. Uh, life is full of suffering. Uh, we can only be happy if uh, we go there in the direction of the west to the pure land of Amitabha Buddha. But the teaching of the Buddha of the, of, of is that the pure land of the Buddha is available in the here and the now. The pure land is a collective creation of our consciousness. Together, we can very well create a pure land, a mini pure land. Not so difficult. If you know the practice, you can transform your family into a mini pure land. You can transform your community into a mini pure land for the refuge of uh, many other people. You can transform your practice center into a pure land for many people to take refuge in. And that kind of work is very pleasant to do. Sangha building, pure land building, how wonderful. You can devote your time, your energy, your resources, your love into building the pure land, the kingdom, the community. Because many people who have no refuge, who get lost, who have a place to go to, go to for refuge. Your life will have a great meaning if you follow the path of Bodhisattvas and Buddhas, building a pure land. All of us need a pure land, a refuge, where we can experience brotherhood, sisterhood, loving kindness, joy, peace, where we can learn how to live deeply every moment of our daily life. Otherwise, our life will go through, go, go by very quickly. So the practice of walking, the practice of uh, sitting, the practice of chanting and plumbing is for your pleasure in the here and the now. Don't think that we do that for the sake of the future. It's not like putting your money into a bank account in order to, to be rich in the future. Well, we don't want to invest in the future. We want to invest everything in the present moment. We have to get a breakthrough in the present moment. We know that everything should be looked for in the present moment, including the pure land, including the kingdom of God including brotherhood, sisterhood, including freedom. There is no way to the pure land. Pure land is the way. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. There is no way to enlightenment. Enlightenment is the way. Every step should be an act of enlightenment. Every breath should be an act of enlightenment. Because every step, every breath can bring about mindfulness, concentration, and insight. What insight? The insight is that life is there. 
in the here and the now. The wonder of lives are there, all around us and inside of us. The kingdom is available in the here and the now. These are enlightenment. While you are sitting, don't search for anything. Don't try to seek for anything, including the Buddha, including enlightenment. Don't expect anything. Just allow yourself to be in the here and the now and touch in the wonders of life and become free. That's good enough for them. And I trust that you have the capacity of sitting like that. When you sit in your living room, you allow yourself to be carried away by the film, by the television program. You enjoy somehow being carried away Sitting is also to allow yourself to enjoy something. And what you should enjoy is the fact that you are alive, that you are a wonder, that you are a continuation of your ancestors, that the whole cosmos have come together in order to help you manifest. You are a wonderful manifestation. Smile to yourself. See yourself as a wonder. And if you know how to be there fully present, fully alive, you are a Buddha in the here and the now. Don't be caught by the idea of a Buddha that is outside of you, that you need to practice 10 million kanpas in order to become one. Basically, you are a Buddha. If only you allow yourself to be the Buddha, fully mindful, fully concentrated, enjoying it in the here and the now, allowing all your ancestors to be with you, and then you are a Buddha right away. That is the teaching of Master Ling Chi. And you have the power of doing so. The power, the miracle of mindfulness, the power, the miracle of concentration, the miracle of being in the here and the now, the miracle of being free. Sit down and become free. Make a step and get the freedom you deserve. And all of that you can do with your Sangha together. You can profit from the collective energy in order to do it. In that case, every minute is worth living, every hour is worth living, and the center is created for that. And you bring your joy, your freedom, your smile (coughs) home to your children, to your partner. You carry within you the center, you carry within you the pure land, and the Buddha, and the Dharma, and the patriarch. Last week, we spoke about brushing our teeth. 
you brush your teeth in such a way that make the pure land possible during the time of tooth brushing. Smile to yourself. It's wonderful to brush your teeth in the morning. Don't hurry. Why do you have to hurry? Enjoy deeply brushing your teeth. Smile to yourself. Smile to the world. Make the pure land available in that moment. And when you urinate, do the same. Smile to yourself. It's a wonderful practice, urinating. The Buddha also enjoy the time urinating. It's funny, the time, the first time I climbed the Gridakuta mountain. And I need to go to a, behind a bush in order to urinate. I thought of the Buddha right away. I said, the Buddha may have urinated in this very place. <laughs> I have to be worth his continuation. I have to urinate in peace and freedom and joy. <laughs> you are a continuation of the Buddha. You have to be a Buddha. That's the only way to be kind to him. Yes. I want to be kind to the Buddha. That, uh, that helped me to practice well. So the practice is a, not a matter of harsh, hard work. The practice is a matter of enjoyment. If you don't enjoy, yeah, you go home. There's no use of staying here. We know that many species are practicing together with us. A lot of coyotes, a lot of uh, bobcats, rabbits, and others. We are the mi- minority here, humans. There are thousands of varieties of uh, living beings here, and they have uh, opened their arms and welcomed us. We have made a promise not to harm them. We have not cut down any tree. We have planted thousands of them. We have respected the environment. One day, in order to prepare the ground here, uh, a worker turned uh, uh, turn around one, uh, one big stone, and there was a big snake. And that worker tried to kill the snake and the abbot, they said, no, don't, don't kill. And together they try to, to help the snake to go back to the forest. A few weeks later, they was sitting on his hammock and his attendant said, hey, there is a large snake lying behind, below you. And uh, he looked down and he saw the snake, long like this. And because the color of the snake was uh, very much the same the color of the dead leaves of autumn, so he, he didn't see it. So he just calmly sat on the hammer. And when he saw the snake, and, and his attendant tried to, to encourage the snake to go away. 
but the snake refused to walk away. <laughs> and finally, Thay told his attendant that uh, if the snake does not want to go away, it means it likes Thay. <laughs> so allow, allow the snake to, to stay there for some time. And later on, an idea came to my mind. Maybe this snake is the one who was released by the abbot. And he want to come back to thank Thay for having such a nice student. And he came as an ambassador of the mountains to express his appreciation that he have come here not to destroy and disturb the environment, but to live together in peace. It's wonderful to do walking meditation together. I think the animals here, they are used to seeing monks and nuns doing walking meditation. So they have accepted, accepted us. No matter how numerous we are, we can go like uh, a sangha with peace, with uh, freedom, with uh, compassion. And it is possible for us to, to enjoy walking in a pure land. If you are new in the practice, you may use a gata, a short poem, to enjoy your walking. When you breathe in, you may like to make uh, three steps or two. And you say, I have arrived. Arrived. I have arrived. It means I have arrived in the here and the now. I don't want to run anymore. It's very nice. That's a good determination. We have come to practice stopping. Stopping the running. And help our ancestors to stop running. They are waiting for us. So if we can really stop, all our ancestors in us are capable of stopping also. This is a very nice act. It's an act of love. Allow your ancestors in you to stop and be in the present moment. I have arrived. That's in Chinese, modern Chinese. I have arrived. That is for your in-breath. Two steps or three steps. And this is not a statement. It's an act of arrival. You have to arrive really in your body and in your mind. I have arrived. Arrived. And you feel that you have arrived. 
when you are practicing alone, you do very slowly in order to make sure that you are, are truly alive. You are, you have truly arrived. It's like you put a stamp, a seal, on the paper, testifying that you have really arrived. And when you take it out, it's really there. I have arrived. Once you have put your seal, you cannot deny, I have arrived. And if you have not really arrived, maintain the position of the foot until you feel that you are you have truly arrived. And then make the next step. I am home. Again, this is seal. This is not an oral statement. You make the statement with your, your whole body and mind. I have arrived. I am home. This is a slow walking. I have arrived. Yes, I have. I am home. Yes, I feel at home. Because my home, my true home, is in the here and the now. Because only in the here and the now that you can get in touch with your ancestors, with the pure land, with the kingdom, with the wonders of life. The true address of your true home is the here and the now. And every step, every breath should bring you home to the here and the now. Otherwise, the kingdom will never become a reality. And this teaching is for both Buddhists and Christians, and Jews, and so on, and communists. Because the communists, they do dream of a, of a pure and a future. They invest, they wanted to invest everything in the, in the paradise of the future. And why creating a lot of suffering in the present? And we are not communists, but we, sometimes we do exactly the same. <laughs> for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of future, we, we create war. We make each other suffer. In the name of the kingdom, we kill. I have arrived. Arrived. I'm home. I'm home. You have no project whatsoever. You are free from projects. You have no business. Whatsoever, you are business-free. Voshu, this is uh, Linky's teaching. No business, business-less person. You get a new kind of power. The power that business leaders don't have. The power of being in the here and the now and touching the kingdom. Because these business leaders, they always run. The kingdom is not theirs. 
so your feet is a dharma instrument your lungs is a dharma instrument if your lungs and your feet and produce a enlightened step i have arrived i am home and freedom is what we get why we practice this is not political freedom this is freedom from from the past from the future from your worries from your fear from your project you are totally free in order to be in the here and the now and touching the kingdom we have the capacity of becoming re-becoming a child again because the paradise is for children and the china is still alive rescue him rescue her allow him and her to be I have arrived. I am home. When you do alone, you might do very slowly and then to really, really arrive in the here and the now. And when you do with the Sangha, it's better to follow the same rhythm, the same, the same speed. And that is why two steps or three steps are more convenient. I've arrived, I've arrived, I'm home, I'm home. Bring your attention down to the sole of your feet and walk as if you kiss the earth with your feet. Don't allow your mind to be here. Bring it down there and touch the ground with your mindfulness. My mind is down there and it is deep touching. The earth is my mother. I am kissing her with my feet. It's very healing to me. It's very healing to her. And practicing every day like that, you get the healing in your body, in your soul. You help the earth to heal herself because she is sick because of us. I have arrived, arrived. I am home, home, wonderful. In the here, in the here, in the now, in the now, because the here and the now is the address of my home. Practically, it is the same thing. Different words, but the same practice.
am solid. I am free. When you have been able to arrive, to feel at home in the here and the now, you become solid. So this is a, not a wishful thinking. This is not an auto-suggestion. Because if you have already arrived, well, you are established in the here and the now, you are not pulled away anymore by the past or by the future. You are solid. You are solid in the kingdom. No one take, take you out of the kingdom. No one can take the kingdom out of you. You don't have to be a delusion. You don't have to spend three years of Buddhist studies in order to understand this and to do this. The teaching of the Buddha is so simple. It is Buddhist scholars who have made it difficult. <laughs> so solid, solidity and freedom, freedom from the worries about the future, the uncertainty about future, uh, freedom from the regret and the complex about the past. Without some amount of freedom and solidity, true happiness is not possible. So solidity and freedom are described to be, to be the foundation of happiness, the two characteristics of nirvana. You are building, you are revealing nirvana by cultivating more freedom, more solidity. In the pure land, in the pure land, I dwell. In the original verso, ver, uh, version, uh, in the ultimate, the ultimate is the ground of reality. In the ultimate, I dwell. And if you belong to the Christian tradition, you can, you can use in the kingdom, I dwell. In the compassion of God, in the kingdom of God, I dwell. And if you are practicing pure land Buddhism, you can say, I in a pure land, I dwell. Otherwise, in the ultimate, is very good. Think of a wave coming up on the surface of the ocean. And the ground of the wave is water. The wave can maybe scare of coming up, of going down, of being born, of die. But once realize that she is water, all this fear will disappear. And that is the ultimate. Nirvana is your ground, ultimate ground. And you know to, to rest on it. 
and then there's no reason why you don't have to fear, you have to be fearful of birth or of dying of being there or not being there so the practice of the wave is to realize that she is water and she doesn't have to die in order to become water she is water right here and right now we also we don't have to die in order to go to the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is available in the here and the now we can touch with the practice and the practice is to generate mindfulness and concentration and everyone is capable of drinking his tea mindfully everyone is capable of brushing her teeth mindfully so mindfulness and concentration are the kind of energy we can generate in every moment of our daily life so let us enjoy working together as a sangha as an organism We have to show the animals in the forest that we are capable of being peace.